You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Join now here on the flagship podcast by Bruce Feldman. You know him, you love him. I mean, the, one of the premier college football writers in America. He's written the books, uh, The Quarterback, Swing Your Sword with Mike Leach, Meat Market, Kane uh, Mutiny, and, and most recently flipped the script with Ed Orgeron, Lessons Learned on the Road to a Championship. And Bruce, um, you know, maybe maybe there's a little similarity, maybe with the Ed Orgeron story to Steve Sarkeesian, just from lessons learned from earlier stops as a head coach, maybe now that can be applied or my reach in there. No, look, I mean, that's an interesting parallel, Chip. Um, thanks for having me. And uh, I think if you're if you're a Texas fan, I think you have to hope that that's the path he has followed. Um, you know, obviously, Ed Ogeron won a national championship for LSU. His previous full coaching stop, now he was an interim, certainly at, at USC, but before that was at, Ole Miss and it had a direct, you know, a dreadful end and tenure. And obviously Steve Sarkeesian's previous head coaching stop was at USC and it had a dreadful end. I mean, I think the parallel um, Sark has, you know, has talked about some of his off field issues and the things he is battling at Ogeron has been now uh, sober for, for 20 years. And I think a lot of, what flipped the script really is rooted in was his his talks about and him being very frank and candid on his battles with alcoholism and what he learned from the process of recovery that he is in. And I think what it has done for him is it has made him look very critically and made some hard, you know, you know, considerations about himself first and foremost, that maybe some football coaches usually are stu- too stubborn to kind of dig into. And I think through his, you know, things beyond football, I think has, has enabled him to grow and evolve. And I think if you're a Texas um, football fan and just in general, a person, you know, who with empathy and humanity, I think you, you're hoping Steve Sarkeesian has grown and learned from some of the issues that had, uh, you know, impacted him and his family's life away from football that were obviously bigger than the sport. Talking to Bruce Feldman, you also see him on Fox uh, during the college football season and writes at the athletic um, Bruce, were you surprised Texas made the move to fire Tom? No, because I mean, looking back, you know, you saw that statement, I don't know, it was like four days before signing that Chris Del Conte put out. Right. I mean, it was, I think it was carefully worded, but at the same time, it was cryptic. And I think what it came back to, obviously, as you well know, that just they did not feel like Tom Herman was the guy who could get it done. I think that the challenges going forward from that standpoint was, do we feel like we have somebody we believe in is the person who will get it done? You know, obviously, I, you mentioned I work at Fox. I was around Urban Meyer every week this season, and you know, he, we worked together on the same show. Um, and so, to kind of 
see that through see it through that prism for a while about all right texas is is move ready to move on from tom herman then the question was going to be is urban really want to be a college football head coach again and then when it was obvious he didn't who was going to take that job who who fit there and i think that's a moving on from tom herman is one thing finding the guy you believe in is the guy to take it forward and all the financial steps that go into it that's another that's a different calculation yeah no no question about it well you're on the west coast you know usc football and pac-12 football and have you know followed steve sarkeesian's uh, career very closely what uh what do you think in terms of what he's done in terms of putting a staff together and, and, and how the outlook looks. I think it's a really impressive staff he's put together. And as you said, I'm on the West coast. Um, a couple of the guys he brought on on the defensive side of the ball, Pete Kwiatkowski, really, really good defensive coach. He's really, and I think he's very, he's a guy of substance, you know, he's not flashy, I think to get him to get to get him to believe to leave the Pacific Northwest to come to the Big 12 that is to me is not insignificant that he bought in on that. I think that's a good sign for Sark and for Texas. Uh, I got to know Jeff Choate and I know people Jeff Choate who comes in as a co-DC and and left a a really good job he had done at Montana State um Here's why I, I think why I like the Jeff Choate hire. There are some people that I really trust who have coached with Jeff Choate who have been very candid about what they think about him and why they believe in him. And when I heard those people talking about Jeff Choate and giving him really their blessing, because some of these guys are not, especially one of them is not exactly, you know, that carries weight. And I was like, okay, he, you know, those two guys are real. Uh, like, you know, Coach Joseph in the secondary, he's obviously got a lot of connections in Texas and Louisiana. I think that's a good addition. I think Jeff Banks is a huge addition there. He's probably the best special teams coordinator in college football. And he's also a really good recruiter with a lot of ties to the area. Um, so I, I really, those were big pieces there. And certainly, you know, Kyle Flood did an amazing job with the Alabama offensive line. I did a story for the athletic right before the national title game, talking to a lot of coaches who'd played both teams in the game. And the one thing that I heard more than any other from folks in the SEC was this is by far the best offensive line in college football and the best offensive line the SEC had seen in years. And it wasn't just more than a collection of dudes. It was how they played together. So, you know, I think that Kyle Flood and Sark clearly have a good connection from their time together, even before Alabama, you know, with the Falcons and, so that part I really like. The part I, I don't think anybody can have a great feel for is, or can, can say convincingly is, you know, what's Sark going to be like as a head coach this time around? Because certainly, you know, he did a, he did a pretty good job at Washington because they were awful when he took that job and he got them to be pretty good. And then it kind of leveled a little bit. And then obviously USC was a, was, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to say it, but it was a debacle um, for reasons beyond just obviously the on the field stuff. So, you know, everything I've heard is Sark's in a much better place now than he was then. And I don't think if he wasn't, I don't think he would have been able to do some of the things, you know, successfully that he was able to do in Nick Saban's orbit. So 
Um, those are all positives. And, and now let's see. I mean, look, it, you know, as you well know, um, Tom Herman did not, you know, it wasn't a great tenure, but at the same time, you know, year two was really good. I mean, there was some good things that were in there. It's not like, you know, while the big 12 feels like it's there for the taking, um, you know, as good a coach as Lincoln Riley is, it's, it's, you know, you can, you have a chance in there. It's not like you're, you're going up against Alabama and you're trying to step into the sec, which is a shark tank right now. So, um, very interested to see what, what happens with Sark here. Um, we'll take a quick break with Bruce Feldman. Then we'll come back and and wrap things up here on the flagship podcast. Introducing the two way V4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. Bruce, when you look at the Big 12 and where Texas fits, and obviously there were three top 10 recruiting classes under Tom Herman, fell off a little bit uh, in the, you know, the 2020 and 2021 cycle. Um, you know, it, every Texas fan wants to try to project. Uh, when you look at the staff and you look at Sarkeesian as a play caller, um, where do you see Texas fitting in? In terms of what they're going to be like in 2021? Yeah, in the Big 12. And uh, are they ready to challenge OU? Uh, I, think or... they, I think they would be just because, like I said, it's not like you're challenging to be a, a top 15 team. You're not challenging to be a playoff team. Like, I don't think they have what, you know, the recruiting rankings are good, but at the same time, you know, you talk to coaches who played against a lot of those players. They had a lot of guys who were four and five star guys who didn't play or or aren't going to be evaluated by NFL people like they were four and five star guys. I mean, let's yeah. be realistic about that. Um, and I don't know if that was an indictment of the development part or as an indictment of maybe the evaluation on the star part as it related to, to kids down there. Because there's certainly a lot, obviously there's a lot of great players in the state of Texas for some reason. A lot of those guys who are top hundred players, they didn't play like top hundred players and they're not seen from the people I've talked to like that. Now I'm not saying they're all like that, but just it's relatively underwhelming. And so, um, you know, obviously B. John Robinson, who's a, you know, was a terrific talent on the West coast. I, there's a lot of enthusiasm about him and, and with good reason. I, think there are gaps in that roster. I know they took a grad tra a transfer from Notre Dame as a defensive end. I mean, they need help at the defense, uh, you know, at defensive end, they need help at linebacker. The secondary needs, needs work. And we'll see how many, you know, you, you got to replace Sam who, you know, a lot of times because he played so much, I think people can be critical about his, his shortcomings, but I feel like at least for his time there, Sam kept them in a lot of games and won a bunch of games where, you know, if Sam's not there, I think it would have been a lot worse. I just think some of those, some of those issues of, you know, leadership void would have seeped into the locker room, you know, even worse. I think he masked a lot of stuff. It's not to say that 
you know, obviously I watched the bowl game and saw the second half. I mean, you have really a talented kid there and I've heard really good things about Casey Thompson card behind him too, you know, so between, between Tom Thompson and and, uh, card, I think there there's guys there, especially with Sark's system. But again, um, I feel like this is to be good in the big 12, you basically need to be a top 20 caliber team. You do not need like Oklahoma state, Iowa state. Those have been, those have been good teams and they have at times been, you know, the biggest competitor to, to, to OU. And you look at them, they're nowhere near what they need to be to be a real playoff team. Right. So I think, yes, I think Sark, can hit the ground running and make a run at a big 12 title. I, and obviously that's a step you got to take before you can be in the, really a real national title contender. I don't think they're, you know, it's going to be a little bit. I don't think they have the roster or the personnel to, to actually think they can go in and, and be competitive with some of those other teams, but you got to walk before you can run. Uh, winding things down here with Bruce Feldman and Bruce, when you have an offensive minded head coach, he's going to be made or broken most likely by his defensive coordinator hire. You mentioned Pete Kwiatkowski and, and co-defensive coordinator, Jeff Choate. What do you like about those guys? Uh, they have a, a real good history of production, right? I think, you know, it, with Pete now, look, I mean, they had really good players on the back end. I mean, Washington has had a lot better, you know, I know Texas had, you know, has a claim for DBU, but they have not had the, like the last couple of years, they have not had guys, at least what Tom had. They did not have guys like that. Right. We're not talking about Mac Brown's DBs. And I think, you know, Pete has shown that he can get pressure on people. I think he has shown that he can also confuse quarterbacks and they've been consistently good. Now they've, they were better, obviously, when you have like Vita Vea and Greg Gaines, and they they had some really gifted guys in the middle. Well, right now you have two promising young guys that you have. Actually, more than that, you have you know two freshman guy, two freshmen who are who are talented, and a couple of big nose tackles who, if they get in a little better shape, probably can be future NFL players. And so those are pieces that I think fit in well if you look at what what. Pete slash Jimmy Lake had in, in Washington, um, you know, under Chris Peterson. So I think you'll see, you know, big edge rushers. I mean, we saw that um, in the little bit of the season that the PAC 12 had this past year. And that was a guy that was a guy, Pete, you know, ZTF was a dominant edge rusher. I think he was the first, you know, first D lineman to win like player of the week honors three years in a row. This was a guy who hadn't played much before that. And that was a guy Pete was directly, you know, hands on with. So, um, you know, I think he will put guys in position to flourish. And again, now look, it's, I think it's harder to be a big 12 defensive coordinator than it is to be a PAC 12 defensive coordinator. But, um, you know, of all the names I heard that were rumored for this job, you know, everywhere from, Pete Golding to Zach Arnett uh, at some point to Muschamp. I'm trying to remember who else was, you know, floated in there. When I heard that, that Pete was going to be the guy, um, I was like, wow, that's a really strong hire. And again, I think it's a strong hire just because 
I think it says something beyond just, oh, I'm going to take this job. Like, it's not a stretch to say, oh, this guy's going to leave Mississippi State to go to Texas, D.C., or maybe this guy who's worked with Nick Saban for a couple of years is going to go that direction. I mean, it's to say this guy who I didn't think was going to leave the Pacific Northwest decided to, to make a big move. And I think that is a statement into itself. So wrapping it up, Bruce, on a scale of uh, one to 10, how would you say Texas came out of the, the, the transition from Tom Herman? Who, um, you know, I, I'd hesitate to go any more than an eight because like, if I say it's a six, that's not very good. Um, and I think the staff itself gets me to an eight. The part is this, like of all the hires that were made in college football this year, Sark is the biggest wild card because he had a great run as an offensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, you know, a lot of people inside the sport really respect him. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going off of what he was as a head coach, um, it's hard to go too far beyond that just because, you know, getting back to the original thing we talked about with that Ogeron, you got to bet on the evolution of him in a big way because, you know, what he did at USC was not at all good. And what he did at Washington, while it was pretty good, it's like, I don't know where that takes you relative to the expectations at Texas, you know, yep. but you gotta, you gotta be buying in on the, you know, a similar evolution to Ogeron here for Sark. And again, I, I think Del Conte from everything I've heard and the people close to him did really vet him and did believe that. So, um, you know, I, I think you, I don't know how you could say a 10 out of 10 because it's because the, the head coach history doesn't get you there. I'm not sure the, the nine out of 10 could get you there, but I think this, the footing he, I feel like he is on from the momentum he has gotten from the time he took the job winning a national title the way he did to putting the staff together, which I think is a, is a really big piece. Um, you know, I would go with an eight. I like it. Bruce Feldman. The book is out right now. He wrote it with Ed Orgeron flip the script. It's, it's a great, um, it's a great read. And, and I've been talking about it quite a bit because, um, you know, Ed Orgeron learned a lot and it, it's great that you wrote that book because you also wrote Meat Market, which was a look inside the Ole Miss program when Orgeron was there. And so um, you're particularly qualified to write this book, Flip the Script. Well, I appreciate Bruce. it. Chip. Like, I mean, the, the thing that I would really come back to again, like I saw the evolution from him from Ole Miss. Now, he was already been sober for, I don't know, five, six years at that point when he was at Ole Miss. But I think the key thing here is that it's, it's the, the tools to be really critical in your own self-evaluation to grow. And I think that is key. And that'll be interesting to see, if, you know, how much Sark is able to tap into that. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And it seems like all the young head coaches or first time head coaches, uh, it's hard to, to delegate and, and sometimes you don't hire the right coordinator. I mean, we saw that with Ed Orgeron and, and uh, Matt Canada at LSU. And then obviously you bring in Bo Pelini. Yeah. Right. And then Bo Pelini this past season, um, but hit gold with, with Joe Brady and in the Joe Burrow transfer and um, great stuff, Bruce, uh, keep up the great work. You're, you're a, a great voice for college football and we really appreciate you 
taking some time with us here on the flagship podcast. And we appreciate everyone for listening. Until next time, I am Chip Brown. Stay safe and keep the faith. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.